<laughs> Fist pump your neighbor while you, when you sit down. Fist pump. You can sit or you can stand with me. It's up to you. <laughs> How's everybody this morning? Everyone good? It's always good to be in the house. Welcome, Pastor Pat. It's great to have you here. Great to have everyone here this morning. Um, who had a struggle this morning? <laughs> Thank you. It's been a heavy morning. It has been a heavy morning before even coming into church. <laughs> this is pro for a moment. For any of those who felt heavy this morning, when you walked in this building, I want to tell you that God wants to lift that heaviness off you. That you don't have to walk out this place with heaviness, but you'll walk out this place with freedom. That's the God that we serve. And I believe that for myself, so I definitely believe it for you. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this moment, for any heaviness. Father, we thank you that you're God of freedom, and we declare right now just freedom, not only within this atmosphere, but, Lord Father, within us, within our minds, Lord Father, that, that we will be ready to receive the word this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're going to be sowing great seeds within great soil. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Give God a hand this morning. It's always good. Awesome. We, we started our Nehemiah challenge last week. Do you guys remember? Oh, there was only like five people. We started our Nehemiah challenge last week. Yeah. Um, a Nehemiah challenge and Pastor Fina um, laid the foundation for the rest of the series. Um, and I'm excited to preach this message because Nehemiah is so great. <laughs> if Nehemiah has hope, we have hope too. The one thing that he didn't have that we have is the Word of God. So we got advantage. We get to learn off him. Um, and I'm carrying on with the Nehemiah challenge. And um, the subtitle of my message is called, What Will Your Response Be? What Will Your Response Be? I have Justina following me. She, yeah, Justina's learning the media today. Woohoo! Okay, guys. It's her first Sunday. So I'm giving her a shout out, so bear with her if she gets it wrong, okay? But she won't get it wrong, because she's got Jamaica next to her. I'll just blame my wife. <laughs> um, I just pray, like, throughout this message that um, you don't just see it as another preaching sermon, that you'll actually take on board the questions that I ask, because it's thought-provoking, but it also uh, um, deals with any heart issues. God loves dealing with our heart. He loves it. And um, I'm going to be mainly speaking on Nehemiah chapter 1. Um, the intro to, um, not, it's not the intro to Nehemiah, but the intro to his story um, before the war was built. Um, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king, the king of Persia. And in the first chapter, in chapter 1, he receives news from Jerusalem. And the first three verses, he's encountered with a burden. He's encountered with a burden. And we're going to read verse 3. It says this, And they said to me, the survivors who were left from the captivity in the province, 
uh, there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken, and its gates are burned with fire. So people from Jerusalem come to Nehemiah, tell him the bad news. Who likes bad news? <laughs> like, let's be honest. When you hear bad news, you want to run because that's not the first thing you want to do is not receive bad news. You want to hear the good news. But Nehemiah is introduced with a burden. When you hear this kind of type of news in verse 3, why no is in great distress? The bridge is broken. It's on fire. And you hear this news. What will your response be? Take it personally. What will your response be if you're in Nehemiah? Because the way Nehemiah responded isn't the way we normally respond. I want you to show you. Verse 4. So it was, this is Nehemiah, when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Usually when people receive bad news, they don't mourn for many days. Depends what kind of like news it is, but majority of the time, people don't mourn for many days. They probably weep and like mourn for a little bit, but they don't mourn for many days. And then he says, I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He wept, he mourned, he prayed and fasted for a people that he just heard news from. I believe Nehemiah understood the heart of God and that's why he responded that way. I want to I unpack this, these verses. So let's be real in this moment, each and every one of us, from the front to the back. Let's be real. What breaks your heart? Ask the question to yourself before we even carry on. What breaks your heart? Because yeah. he heard the news from, from people, and the first thing he did was cry. He mourned. He fasted and prayed for a people. Something broke his heart. What breaks your heart? Are we all right this morning? We need to understand, yes, we are Christian, Christianity, if you want to put it like that. But God didn't just come for the people in here. He came for a dying world. Something broke his heart. Jesus came because his heart was broken. His heart was broken because he was a people who were lost. The people who are far away from him, and that's why he came and died for us, because he wanted to reconcile us back together. He, he, his heart was broken for a people who? You and I. Every person in all humanity, from past, present, and future, his heart broke for. So I want to ask these two questions, these thought-provoking questions. I'm going to put it up. What has God put in front of you that you've ignored? Be honest. Have a thought, think about it. Self-evaluation. <laughs> Self-evaluation's good. Trust me. That's how you grow. So what, God, what has God put in front of you that you've ignored? And be honest about it. You probably ignored church. <laughs> nah, nah, you guys came here this morning. You probably ignored it for the last few weeks. <laughs> nah. Like, what have you ignored that God's put in front of you? And the second question is this What has God burning you with that you've just brushed aside and it said it's for someone else? Nehemiah had two choices. 
He had a choice to go, nah, man, don't tell me this news. I'm a cupbearer. I'm good. I'm with the king. My job's good. How many good jobs in here? You guys got a good job? Yeah, Yeah, see? I know you have this conversation with God sometimes, you know? (laughs) My job's good. I don't want to give up this job to do that. But he had two choices. He had to either give up and have faith in God to do what he needs to do or just say, nah, 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 I'm a cupbearer. I'm sweet. And the question I want to ask us today is what will your response be? And I'm not talking about just, just this moment. After, this, after the service, what will your response be after this? What will your response be when you start Monday? Because we're not here just to attend church. We're here to be the church. But if we're not being the church, what a waste of time being here on Sunday. I said it what you were thinking. I've got the mic so I can say it. (laughs) So you have two choices in this moment, to do nothing and stay with his job as a cupbearer. You have a choice to stay where you are, which may be great. But there's another choice that we make. Do something and step out in faith in God. What will your response be? It's not about me. It's not about the pastors. It's not about anything. Nehemiah challenge. I see when I was reading Nehemiah, it's all about him. He made personal decisions to get the walls back up. And we need to make the same decisions this morning. Can we put verse 4 up? There's something about verse 4 that really spoke to me is that there was a delay in his response in the physical. I want to show you this. I want to show you this. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. He wept and mourned for how many days? Many days. How, were, how, 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 so how long was many days? Have a guess. Many. In context... Many days was four to five months. Oh, trust me, when, I, when God showed me that, I was like, woohoo! We can't even last a week. <laughs> it was approximately four to five months that Nehemiah was in this posture of weeping and mourning and praying and fasting, but we complain after a 21-day fast. I'm talking to somebody. He delayed his physical response because of the importance of godly insight and wisdom. So there is a burden that God gives you. Each person, there's a burden in your heart that God gives you. You get to choose whether you respond to it or just go, nah, I'm good. I'm good. But with every burden, God has specific blueprints. With every specific blueprint, We need to hear from the person who drew the blueprint, which requires us to get spiritual insight. So Nehemiah was very smart. The first thing he did was sat down, wept, prayed, and fast for four to five months. Many of the times, people respond too quick to a burden that we actually make it worse. Before he even, even built the walls, he had a personal conviction, I need to pray and fast. Four to five months. Nehemiah delayed his physical response so that he can get spiritual insight. 
it is important for with our response that we're not too quick, that the first thing we do is bow down and pray. Just to give biblical backing, just in case you think I'm lying about this many days. As we do, um, in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1, it says this. Okay, Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1. It says, it came to pass in the month of Chislev. Everyone say Chislev. In the 12th year, say 12th year. So when Nehemiah received the word, from Jerusalem, that the walls were broken and the gates were burned, it was the month of Chislev. Chislev is between November to December. The month of Chislev. And then Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 says this, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan. Say Nisan. Nisan. I think that's how you spell it. I think that's where Nisan got there. So there one. <laughs> it's spelled the same way, just with an extra S. That's why they're doing so well. They grabbed the Bible name. <laughs> so, <laughs> it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the 12th year. Say 12th year. Same year. Yeah. Chapter 1 and chapter 2. Same year, different months. And it's the month of Nisan. Nisan is between April and March. Four to five months. Between him receiving the news to him going to the king was four to five months. Woo! Four to five months, he delayed his response to go build the wall because he was burdened with it. He delayed it because he understood that he needed spiritual insight. If you look at Tuatai Center, Tuatai Center wasn't just built in a moment where you had a good idea and a burden. So for Pastor Finn and Senna, when they started it off, a year. A delayed response to a burden that God gave. There's a burden that God's given each and every one of us, a core, a people that he's called us to reach. And I know some people just want to quickly save, 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 save people. But God has spiritual wisdom, he has spiritual insight, he's got a blueprint for each and every one of us before we even do the job. You want to come preach? Go fast and pray. (laughs) I didn't come up here just in a moment. I think I've been in training for like 11 to 15 years. 11 to 15 years to get to me into this place. Did I hate the process? Yes, I did. Did I hate the waiting? Yes, I did. But I understood like throughout time after my journey, I started realizing, okay, God, I thank you that I wasn't too quick to get up there because I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) Nehemiah understood this the, the heart of God that, hey, I want to stand back and I'm just going to pray. And I'm not saying pray for everything because I have heard people say, like, we're going to have, like, working bee and I need to pray about it. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. That's not a burden. That's responsibility. So don't make, mix responsibility with a burden, okay? So, so if we say we're going to have a prayer night, don't come up and go, oh, I need to pray about it before praying about it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the God-given burden that God's given you. So four to five months, he was in this posture of prayer and fasting. What will your response be? What will your response be this morning? Has God given you a burden and you pushed it aside and said, nah, it's not for me, it's for somebody else? Come on, be honest about it. This, we always say this, 
We've learned this from um, Dr. Miles Monroe, you know, like he always talks about how the cemetery is the richest place on earth because it has so much buried potential in the ground because people don't feel their God-given burden or their God-given call in life. I don't want to die with that call in my life. And I, I know for sure you don't want to die with the call in your life, with the purpose that God's placed in you, the burden that he's put in you, which means we have to make a decision today. The Nehemiah challenge is all about us. It does come up to the wars, and it does come up to fixing the gates. But before we can even do those things, we need to fix ourselves. The first thing he did was, I want to pray. And then he asked for forgiveness, and then he started praying for his, for his father's two households because he understood that I need to fix myself before I start fixing a war. We want to save a dying world, but save yourself first. Because when you're saved, you can help somebody else. Because your story has some significance. Because you may have gone through the drugs and the alcohol. You may have gone through the party scene. You may have gone through the single parenthood. And you can help somebody else. God's, God doesn't waste your story. So I want to ask us again, what will your response be this morning? We're just up here for a temporary moment, you know, like up here in this space for a temporary moment. And then we're going to move downstairs with a brand spanking new auditorium, new gear, new foyer, new cafe, new playground, new deck. Like, it's going to go crazy. (laughs) But if we can't respond up here, we will never respond down there. And Nehemiah understood this, is that he had to go, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for wronging you. I'm sorry for my father's two household for wronging you. I'm not going to go to Jerusalem yet until I fix myself. And so he stayed in this posture of prayer and fasting. Are we all right this morning? The physical war was only the picture of what people looked like. The physical war was a picture of what people looked like. They were in distress. They didn't know what to do. And if we think it in our terms, we're under construction downstairs. The physical war was only a picture of what the people look like. Downstairs is a picture of what we look like. We're under construction. We need to be right. We need to be in this place where we go, God, I'm going to respond to your call. I'm going to respond to your burden before we even reach downstairs. We're called to the nations, amen? This house is called to the nations. But we first need to do this before any nations we go out. We want to go out to the community? Let's fix this. The the message this morning, like with Pastor D, he was talking about this, uh, our heart. Pastor Fina brought it up about our heart. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and pure hearts. This needs to be right. And Nehemiah understood this. And you know what? When Nehemiah was in this posture, behind the scenes, God started positioning things. So you know what the good thing about Nehemiah was? Is that he didn't rely on his own his own ability, but he was like, God, I'm going to pray and fast. I'm just going to keep praying and fast, pray, pray and fast. Four or five months, it goes by. God behind the scenes starts working on behalf of him and starts planting things in the king's 
palace and around the king so that he could get everything he's required for Jerusalem. See, the things that we need to fulfill the burden that God's given us needs prayer and fasting because God needs the work. There was a delay. But that delay was not a delay in God's time. That was like, yeah, man, you just learned that. I'll fix this stuff up. I'll get the king's hearts ready. So when you go to this place back to, do, to build the wall, I'll make sure you get the right letters to go to the right kings, to the right resources, so that you have everything that you need and require. TC is an example of that. Tuatai Center is an example of that. The prayer and fasting, the weeping in the morning for people, and then Tuatai being where it is today, now it's going up to the lower North Island. Soon it's going to go to the whole North Island, and then soon it's going to go to the South Island because God's working behind the scene. Are we all right this morning? So part of the process for us this morning, and I want to end with these questions. Nehemiah challenge is actually quite simple, but it's actually something that's provoking within so that we can realign ourselves so that God can do what he needs to do within us and so he can bring it out of us. And so these are the questions I want to ask us this morning. Do you need to repent? Yeah. Woo! I know we don't talk about repentance. Ugh. But back in the Bible, man, that's what they spoke about all the time. Yeah. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven's there. Nehemiah had to go through this process where he had to repent, and then went back to the people of Jerusalem, and he got them to repent. Before any wall was built, before we can do any construction, we need to be right. The construction of our heart. And so the question is, do you need to repent? Is there unforgiveness in you that is towards somebody else? That's a biggie. Trust me, people do wrong against you. That's life. People's done wrong against me, but if we get so st- stuck up with their wrongs against us, we actually cage ourselves in. We actually put ourselves in prison, and they live free, and they sleep right, and they don't worry about us, but we worry about them because we have unforgiveness. Have you been like that? We worry about somebody else, and you wake up in the middle of the night, get, get so angry about it, but they sleeping, sleeping like a baby. It's not fair. The reason why is because unforgiveness. Might be towards your spouse, it might be towards your children, it might be towards your work colleague, it might be towards somebody in your church. Is there unforgiveness in you that is towards somebody else? Do you need to forgive yourself? Nehemiah could have came to this place where, God, we sin that, I'm not worthy, so I'm not going to do it because I can't do it because I'm not worthy. But he's like, forgive me, God. And he prayed fast. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I think he came to a place where he forgave himself. And he's like, I'm going to do this. Many of the times why people walk away from God is because they forgive everybody else but themselves. Don't be so hard on yourself. Forgive yourself. And the last question, did God put something in front of you, but you chose to ignore it? What has God placed in front of you? What has he burdened you with that you chose to ignore, put aside and say, no, nah, it's not for me. I'm, I'm good with my job. Because I was like that with Bunnings. When I worked for Bunnings for 10 years, my first job and my last job, my first and last job, Bunnings, because I don't count this as a job. Being a pastor is not a job. <laughs> so be with Bunnings for 10 years and I had to come to this place where 
I really had to go through the process. That was my many days. That Bunnings was my many days. And I had to make a decision with myself, with all these questions. Do I need to repent? Do I need to forgive somebody? Do I need to forgive myself? I think um, when I walked away from God, came back, um, I did counseling, and I wrote a letter towards somebody, the person that wronged against me. I wrote a letter and outlined everything great about that person. I gave the letter, and I went through this year of repentance for one year. It took me one year to forgive somebody. One year. That was my many days. I am so glad that God taught me that year on how to forgive somebody because now I can easily forgive somebody. I get angry at people. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I get angry at people. Yes, I get frustrated, but it's easier to forgive now because God taught me how to forgive myself through that year process. And if God can forgive me, he can forgive you. Do you need to repent? I want to ask Sharice to come up. Like, this is like, uh, I know it's not a long message, but it's a thought-provoking one. It's one that really hits this, because we need to work on this. Don't work on your spouse, work on you. I learned that the hard way, and the easy way. I learned from my parents, and learned I had, and I didn't listen to them, and then I started realizing what they were saying was right. <laughs> You don't have to work on your spouse. If you work on you, God will work on your spouse. It might be towards somebody. You know, I don't know. Like, we need to make a decision. That's what this is. What it's all about: making a decision. Do I need to repent? Do I need to forgive somebody? And just literally let it go, so that the burden that God's placed in me, that I can outwork it, because God wants you to outwork the burden in you. He wants to outwork the core and purpose for you. But we have, we like, we're like in the driving seat, man. Like we have to let God go, okay, I want to let it go so you can drive my car. You can drive me, Lord. So I want, with every eyes closed, I just wanted this like, this a private moment. Um, anyone under the sound of my voice, is there anyone in here that you just need to repent? Because you know you've walked away or you've never met this Jesus that we're talking about and you just want to give it away you're just like God yeah I've tried everything else I want to try this way now trust me this way is the only way so if there's anyone in here I just want you to stand up I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands everyone's eyes closed I just want you to stand up on your feet where you are if you need to repent if you need to go yeah that's me man he's talking about me that's that's me I just want to ask you to stand where you are before we carry on. Amen, I see you. I see you. Is there anyone else? What will your response be when you leave this house? I don't want you to leave out, leave this place the same, but I want you to leave this place transformed, refreshed, refreshed,